Hello, I'm Mike Bovill, the pitch announcer here at Harlequins, and I have the great honour of introducing the anniversary episode of Two Woods, Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. What a 12 months it has been since the boys first broadcast on the 25th of January last year. We've had the miracle of Bristambul. We've had the final over the road at the Big Stoop. We've had the return of the big game, and of course, we've had Harlequins becoming double champions of England and the boys have been there all the way through bringing you all the latest news all the results all the gossip behind the scenes as well they've done an amazing job over the past 12 months what will the next year bring let's find out let's get ready for the show count down to the start here we go five four three two one come on you queens Welcome to a very special episode of Two Words Four Quarters. This is our one-year anniversary special. It feels like a long time, feels like a short time in some weird ways as well. I'm sat here, as always, with my cousin Will. Happy birthday, mate. How's your week been? We'll do some bit more reflection in, uh, in due course. But how's your week been so far? Hey, happy anniversary, boy. Uh, it's been yeah, a really good week. We got the result we wanted. We seem to get them every week at the moment, don't we? So... Yeah, no, I've had a I've had a top week. Really looking forward to getting stuck into this one. There's lots of surprises to come, lots of talking points away from the rugby as well as another thrilling European contest. So let's get straight into it. It's been um it's been a bit of a weird one this week, hasn't it? Obviously, we have some weeks where we get not loads of club news, some weeks we get loads of club news, oh, and uh yeah. obviously the, uh, the the contract renewal storm that's been rushing through the squad at the minute has um has been the main ones this week. Obviously, we got um you know, Domers and, and Lukey Northmore from last week. Um, and we've got a whole raft of new ones this week Six as well. More. Six more. Who do you want to start with? Well, let's go in order, shall we? The first one yeah. that was announced was Sam Riley, which I think is a brilliant piece of business. I think, obviously, England on the 20s hooker. He fits the mould of a Harlequins player. He's a, he's a hooker that's sort of modern-day build, isn't he? You think about the old-school hookers and what they look like these days. Anyone in the front row. It's funny whenever we see our lot up against an old school front row. Like I've just seen the Ospreys pack and they definitely don't look like a Joe Marler or a Max Leahy for an Ellis no. Genge or anybody like that. Their weight's very much around the hips as opposed to around the shoulders. So, <laughs> And Sam Riley fits that mould for us. He's a modern day hooker. He's quick. He's agile. He's a, he's a great signing. Yeah, spot on. Agree. Like we Happy said it a while it. ago, probably quite a big year for him in terms of breaking into exactly. um, you know, a, a pretty set of squads in the under 20s. Um, we've probably all been surprised at how how much of an impact Jack Walker's had um, mm. since arriving. But yeah, big big news to Sam. So congratulations to him. Another important one. Who was next? Will Edwards was next. Will Edwards. So this is a massive one, I think, for me. This is, um, yeah. And we'll try not to sort of rattle on about how important every player is for 15 minutes because we could do that, you know. I think the thing about Will Edwards is that the performance that he gave at Big Game probably settled a lot of um, nerves is maybe the wrong term, but probably just yeah, anxiety around it. Yeah, my half position had a bit of anxiety around it, didn't it? A little bit, you know, how much, how much of our, you know, success and and the way we do things revolves around Marcus. Obviously, we are going to lose him for um, for big portions within national stuff. Tomaso Allen's had a rough bit of a rough run with injuries, mm. um, but yeah, probably just that that eighty minute performance that Will Edwards had against Northampton in a big game, seventy thousand people. In a proper dominant Quinn's, you know, counter-attacking, ball in hand sort of way, kicking was a little bit better as well. I think his um, his performance on that day, you know, probably reassured a few people and ourselves probably none more than ever. Oh, absolutely! And when you look at the rest of the list of players that have resigned as well, you've got names like Oscar Beard, Finn Baxter, Caden Murley, all players that we've produced from our academy. You kind of expect those players to resign, and they're part of a long-term project with the club. Caden Murley probably further down that journey than, than anybody else on this list and has definitely warranted his, his extension by his performances because he's been awesome for us this year. He's been a real unsung hero and, and Quinn's fans rate him massively and, and quite rightly so. And outside of sort of the Quinn's sphere, I think people are just starting to recognise how important he is as a cog in our wheel. Um, yeah. But an, another one that, that didn't come from the academy Um that's so important for us and has been particularly last season, similar mould to Will Edwards and the fact that they've come in and we they've proven their worth is, is Will Evans. So when you, I think Will Edwards is one of those players that's, that's definitely earned his new contract. 
Will Evans came in last year and was probably a little bit of an anomaly in the fact that at Leicester he hadn't really put his hand up and, and broken into the scene and then he came to us and just made us a completely different side in, in a weird time for the club where we weren't really sure what direction we were going and he seemed to be a thorn in, in every opponent's side. So the breakdown king, the clamp, he's re-signed. Bit of a talking point for us this one, wasn't it? I'm absolutely buzzing. You're even more buzzing than me. And I just say the reason why I'm a little bit hesitant about it is his injury record. I think it's a great piece of business if the contract is right. If it's a one or two year deal on, on decent money, then then I'll be okay with that. If it's sort of a three, four year deal on, on lots of money, that's when I'd get a little bit anxious. It reminds me of the, the Arsene Wenger policy he had on never giving a player over 30 years old more than the one year deal because you just don't know how long they've got left. Webb's got a bit of an injury track record. I just feel like if it's a smart contract for him and it's a smart contract for the club, then it's an unreal piece of business, which is a match made in heaven. But we don't get eyeballs on that. But that's my my stance on it. This one took me by surprise a little bit because Will Evans is almost the forgotten man of this current squad. You know, he was leading the premiership in break in turnovers last year, you know, tackle success rate and just the sort of energy that he played with. And that almost recycle of the ball momentum that we got from all those turnovers last year. You know, how many times did we have a one-on-one tackle? Evans is first to the breakdown, jackals it, clamps over the ball, wins it, turnover. And then that's how our a lot of our sort of attack restarted. Unstructured play, wasn't it? We said that yeah. was a key weapon for us and it often came from him going and getting the ball. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, even with now the rise of Jack Kenningham, who's also, you know, unfortunately on a, on a, going to be on a long-term injury, yeah. I think I think they've obviously looked at that number seven position and think these are the types of players that we want. It's not about who can we fit in the shirt. It's not about who we can fit in the shirt. It's have we got the players to play at that position that the are exactly the, the, are exactly the kind of players that we want. And perhaps, mm. you know, Evan's obviously struggling a little bit at the minute with injury. Um, had a bit of a setback with his rehab. Hopefully it's not too much longer in terms of his you know, rehab process. But I think they've probably looked at him and gone, look, at full click, when he's playing well and he's playing some of his best rugby, he is the sort of player, person that we want in our side. Plus, he obviously loves the club. You know, we see, see those memories of him away at, at Bristol Ball with his shirt off, you know, in the, in the stands. Yeah, I love that. You know, that, that. That sort of energy from a player is... is Football is, hooligan, is isn't he? I don't want to get down the football route too much because his Norwich just slapped my Watford 3-0 at (laughs) home. So Loves loves the Canaries. That's why I'm going to be a little bit salty about it. No, I think awesome business, top bloke. Want those kind of people in my club. And when he comes back, it's going to be a hell of a boost for us now that we know that Kenners is out for the rest of the season. I think Webb's due back before the end of the season. And when he comes back in, if it's around crunch time, playoffs, what an injection that's going to be. It's going to be like a brand new signing at that point in time. So really, really excited about that one. I think that's as good as we can hope for, isn't it? You imagine mm. if he comes back in two, three months, sort of towards the end of that Prem Cup cycle, after the Six Nations sort of campaigns run its course, and he starts playing a few games, and then we get into real crunch time, we start getting to see glimpses of what he did last year and why he was so good for us. That is going to be like having a whole new player. So, yeah, really important. And then should we move on to the game? Yeah, let's do it. I want to hear about your Friday night, because I only sort of linked up with you pre-match. Um, and then you disappeared off because you had hockey. So, yeah, so talking about your Friday, yeah. South Stand was rocking. So, the South Stand was very, very noisy. Um, it was good actually. So, I quite, I don't, I quite like a Friday night because it means I get to leave work in a hurry. You know, I don't end up hanging around doing loads of stuff. I sort of say to people, yeah. Look, it's, it's Friday, it's four o'clock, I'm off. Yeah, um, have a good weekend. Yeah, have a good weekend. But <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to see you Monday. Um, and then, yeah, get home, quick turnarounds. Um, we headed to the patch to catch up with Stu. Hopefully there's going to be a bit of news coming from that area. Exclusive. That, that we can, we, we can uh, tell some people about shortly. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah. Also um, keep your eyes peeled for some lovely branded Harlequins podcast posters, which will oh, yeah, hopefully be going up in the patch, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. One above the urine will be nice. Have a nice wee there and sort of embrace the pod. I know everyone Finish. wants to do that. If any of you are uh, rolling rolling through the toilets of the cabbage patch in the next few weeks during the six nation period, just <laughs> cast cast your eye above where you where you where you're doing it. Um, but yeah, so left the patch, um, got to the ground um, in good time. It sort of threw me a little bit because I kept forgetting it was an eight o'clock kickoff rather than seven forty five. So yeah, kept my watch, which was good, so which was handy. 
because it yeah. gave me time to go to the Quinza stand and I've got my pink away shirt, the one we won the league in, when we did the double in. And uh, I've got that sent in there because I want to get it embroidered. So yeah. it says 2020 slash 21 double champions of England. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to getting that back. My plan for that um, is to get it framed along with the match day programme and that image of me and you in the crowd in the, the 80th minute, get all three elements yeah. of that day framed up on the wall and then in my future man cave, which is probably many, many years away still, that will live proudly is, is one of my fondest Quinn's memories. Have you have you still got the programme? I've still got the programme because I paid £10 to get it delivered to me I've afterwards because they weren't giving them out on the day, were they? No, they weren't. I'll best say because we both, we both ordered one of the programmes, didn't we? I, said, yeah, I have got, got it mine. somewhere. I have yeah. to dig it out. Maybe we'll do that together when you, uh, when you look at getting that, getting that in the frame. I'll probably do it bit by bit because I think it'll be f- quite pricey getting it yeah. all framed, but, framed up, but also... Not really got anywhere sufficient to hang it yet, so it's, it's no, a little project true. of mine. I don't want to complete it too soon because then I'll end up going and spending money on another project, which will leave me <laughs> bankrupt. So eight o'clock kickoff, and then just getting in the ground was good. Had a pasty, um, had a chat. Sophie people, um, it was absolutely freezing cold. So I had my big long, long coat on, got settled in pretty soon. It was, but I wasn't as cold as I thought I would be. My mate was getting me pints. Um, I think we had two in the first half. And I remember the London Irish game is probably one of the coldest games I've ever been to, like properly uncomfortable. And I remember sitting there Friday night thinking, I can actually hold this pint and drink it. And I'm feeling okay. So <laughs> I, was, I was pleasantly surprised. I saw someone put in the Quinn's fans Facebook group that it was going to be minus five. I said that. I was just, was that bad, that's was obviously not true. It's never going to be yeah. minus five. I went and looked. I think it was about two degrees, which is no heat wave. But no. I um yeah, I did alright. I, I, you know what? I put that down to actually. I think I put that down to a couple of Guinnesses or how we say yeah. that plurally, Guinness. Yeah, Guinness. Um, at the Cabbage Patch, which you didn't have, so maybe that's the difference. One yeah. for the next Friday night game. A couple of Guinnesses to warm you up, thicken the skin. Oh, in terms of. Pleasant and unpleasant surprises. How unpleasant was the first 10, 15 minutes? <laughs> well, I, I, as I was saying to you, the South Stand was lively. In the back of my head, I was thinking, actually, for the first 15 minutes, the whole stadium was silent. Yeah, it was. I think we were a little bit shell-shocked, weren't we? It was almost yeah, we like were. they were playing against a couple of fans and our 15 lads who were supposed to start the game had been locked in the changing room and there were <laughs> imposters out there with you'd nick the shirts, put them on and got out there. You had me playing at 13, getting run, run over. Yeah. But the first, yeah, I mean, they got a penalty immediately. Not that one over. Probably the only one Ben Botticar actually did knock over, which was quite nice. Um, <laughs> and then the try down the left-hand side, right in front of me, they just seemed yeah. to walk through Lewis Liner like a turnstile. And all of a sudden we're thinking, okay, 15-0 down. It should have been 17-0. And then yeah. a little bit more after that. Um but I was saying to my dad when I got home, mate, watching the game, 15 minutes, we were appalling. The crowd <laughs> was silent. Appalling. And then everyone seemed to wake up, didn't they? Yeah. I think we had one chance. The stadium ops team put the mighty Quinn on. Everyone started singing. We scored from it. And then it was almost like we'd started the game in the 15th minute, um, which was brilliant. But I just think over the, <laughs> over the course of the game, I never felt we were going to lose. Despite being <laughs> yeah. down and not having a sniff and having 15 imposters on the pitch, I just thought, well, come good in a minute. I'm not worried. It was one of those weird ones, wasn't it? Because you look at the squad that we picked and we'll, um, we'll have a little bit of selection chat yeah, as we do it. this. But we didn't have, you know, the, the axis of leaders that we have had. We didn't have, you know, the Danny Marcus combo. Um, we didn't have, um, you know, the Colliers and the Walkers in the, mm. um, in the front row. So there were, there were a lot of new faces out there. Um, a lot of new combinations and it probably just took 10 minutes to get going you know dragging your heads up the change room and realizing you're playing in a packed house on a friday night so um yeah it took a little bit of time to get going but once we actually got into the contest and it was a pretty it was a pretty epic contest like the game went either way loads to talk about there's plenty of tries um yeah as a as a contest it was it was fantastic and do you want to do some selection chat now because i didn't really look at selection too keenly with this one, because I thought, you know, there's going to be... Um, it's going to be changes. We were happy with it, change. weren't we? I think so, yeah. For the most part, I think we were, especially with Six Nations coming around and realising that 
although we want you know our superstars to play 80 minutes every week, there's going to be some protection in terms of who who's going to be off with England. So yeah. there's going to be a bit of they go know, up, they bit, link up with England. To, um, they link up with England on Monday. So when we release this, they'll be they'll already be in camp. Right there you go. So there we, you know that makes sense. So it's going to be it's going to be it was it was always going to be interesting. But there are actually some quite nice stories. So the one that stuck out for me was Nick Davis' chance at 15. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give me your thoughts on him? I thought he was exceptional. I thought he was brilliant. And it's funny, actually, because I was watching him all game and he almost operated as a second ball player. The way he linked up for the out-the-back option of Tommaso Allen, he played a different kind of role to what Tyrone Green typically plays for us. And he very much led that second wave of attack in the back line. I thought he was brilliant at that. I think at times... And having spoken to my dad who watched it on TV, and it's quite an interesting point, actually, because I got back and I said, oh, Nick David was brilliant today. We've got brilliant depth there. I can't wait to see him play more. It gives us great options, different kind of players, Tyrone Green. And my dad said, yeah, he, he did have a good game, but he doesn't look like a Quinn's fullback yet. He almost looks like he's stuck in that Worcester Warriors mindset where he feels like he has to do it all by himself. So if he makes a break, he's not really looking around for support. He's he's trying to do it all himself. He's trying to get over the game line. He's taking balls, running it back, etc. Um, whereas what I saw on the pitch in the stadium is he was playing that sort of second playmaker role, which he did quite nicely. And it did make me think, actually, he's not had that many minutes under us. He might still be in that mindset of, of Worcester and, and actually he's not only trying to do it himself because that's what he's accustomed to, but he's probably trying to prove a point. So... I thought he had a really good game and I think it's an interesting psychology point that actually maybe he hasn't adjusted himself to the Harlequins way fully yet and he's actually got superstars around him that he can pick out and, and play with. He started on the winger where it was, didn't he? Which obviously isn't his natural position. He's a, he's a 15. So Set up the winning try. Yeah, absolutely. But he, um, he was, I, I think in the second half, he was a little bit quieter, but made some really, you know, explosive line breaks. You could see he's quick on his feet, powerful in the, powerful in the contest. Good and defender. Yeah, good defender. Got some go forward at times, which is good. So, yeah, really pleased with the way he played. That also gives us a little bit more, um, you know, depth in that position, whether we might see him on the wing at times, who knows. But yeah. Yeah, I'm really he, pleased um, Tyrone got a rest, by the way, because we're about to play him every week for the next five, yeah. six weeks minimum. He's got he's got five or six weeks of 80 minutes of rugby yeah. coming up, hasn't he? So, yeah, good to get Tyrone a rest. Um, the next one I want to talk about, obviously we spoke about Scott still briefly. Um, Tommaso Allen back at 10. Yeah, solid, wasn't he? He was great. I think it was good to see him back to playing, what was it, about 70 minutes in the end? Yeah. Came off on his own six, accord. Six, good to 65. see him actually play and not get a, get a knock. Classy, could knock the ball over from anywhere. Um, yeah. Again, we knew he was going to be a good signing. He's about to get a load of of 70-odd minute, 80-odd minute performances. Will Edwards re-signing is great because it, it gives us that fluidity and flexibility. I imagine we'll see him wearing the 22 shirt a lot, given yeah. Tommy's... Injury record. Um, did you see the Instagram story I put out, by the way? See, bumping into him in Clapham McDonald's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. So I, I met, I met for my a mate minute, earlier For a minute, today. I was like, for a minute, I was like, that's not Tommaso. <laughs> and I actually double took. I double no. took. I was like, no, of course it isn't. It Obviously, like it. it wasn't Tommaso Allen in Clapham McDonald's at 3 a.m. or whatever it was. But um, my mate got in the car with me this morning when we went to the gym and he was like, did you meet Tommaso Allen? I was like, no, mate. That just that obviously wasn't him. He just looked a little bit like him. And I was with my other mate, Tommy, at the time and he was saying, that's terrible chat. That's not even funny. No, was... no, no trust me, it is, mate. It is. It's funny. It's funny After a few Guinness, Mackies, that yeah. kind of night, I was like, this is great chat. It's funny at three in the morning and then you're yeah. you know, knee deep in the Big Mac at Clapham. But yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, I think you're right there with, with him. You know, he's going to be a massive pivot and going to be crucial in the next few weeks with Marcus away. And having so, that state... Sorry, on that note as well, when Marcus did come on, there's just a different aura about the team. He brings yeah. such... An, he brings such energies and such confidence that it's not just the players around him who get that infectious winning mentality. Whenever he comes on, I think, okay, we're going to get points. And I think the opposition think that as well. So I think Castro maybe saw him coming on and thought, oh God, they're going to get some points at some point. And we did, and we ended up winning. And he does that all the time. He did that against Cardiff. He did that against Exeter. So I think, although we've got a brilliant replacement in Tommaso Allen, we lose quite a big psychological pull of having Marcus Smith in our ranks because he comes on, he instills fear in people because they know he's going to do something special at any moment. 
And not only that, the players around him in the Harlequins jersey know, actually, we've, we're going to get some points at some point. I don't think Tommy Allen has that energy about him or that no. aura about him, which could be like when it comes to crunch time in some games, which are tight, that could be the difference. And that's not a criticism of Tommy Allen at all. That's just Marcus Smith being a bit of a freak. I, I think we'll miss him. True. I suppose that's true. Of course, of course we'll miss him. I suppose that's true. Mm. But also, you know, Will Edwards has got a touch of magic in him. So having that now proper stable of three tens that we can all rely on. Oh, for sure. Know, it's, so it's not, it's not the ability. It's the aura. Yeah, I get, I, I get the aura thing, but you know, Tomasso's going to play a, a, a much, a much different style of game to Marcus. But within the set, through the, with the same sort of through lines of tempo and the way we move the ball. But if we want a different dynamic, you know, Will Edwards has completely got that in his locker to come and be more, me, be more aggressive, ball in hand, maybe, yeah, you know, take the ball to the line differently. So yeah, not too worried about that. Um, and then uh, another really cool, you know, storyline from the game was Viliami Taulani and his try with a big. Mm. The big the old tea try celebration in Tonga. Um, oh, that was a really, really cool moment. And people obviously, you know, got around the moment in terms of what it meant, not just as as part of the game, but as from a much bigger picture with the tsunami effort down in Tonga at the minute. Yeah. Um, obviously, we had the plastic cut donations that you usually go to the Harlequins Foundation. That's been, um, you know, rooted elsewhere to try and help with that. Yeah. Um, so that was a really cool storyline, which I thought, you know, we seem to be able to, as a squad and as a group and almost as a club, write our own storylines at the minute. And that was yeah, cool that, it, You're so right. That was a story within itself, wasn't it? It couldn't have been more perfect timing. Yeah. It, was, it was very much written for him. So brilliant for him to get his first try for the club. Brilliant for him to get man of the match as well. He had a great game. So a really, really key person for us in the back row going forwards over the next couple of weeks. And he, he's showing up at the right time. And it's, I'm so pleased for him because it will mean way more than just 80 minutes of rugby. It will it'll mean the world to him, the fact that the club's getting behind his native Tonga and the, the things that everybody's trying to do to support them and, and him in particular at this moment in time is great. And that's what I think is really cool about it, isn't it? You know, someone who we signed in the summer didn't come for the first two or three months because of visa issues and everything that was, you know, getting out of this and, you know, all the contracts and, you know, details around how we actually got here in the first place. So for a guy that's not been at the club that long, to have the support of the club in terms of, you know, going through that, and not just because it's something that we should do, but it's something they really want to do and have his name up there, you know, on all the social media stuff, flashing the Tongan cards and, yeah. you know, people get my... I think that's, that was a really cool thing. And, yeah, all the boys you know, got behind it, didn't they, which was nice. Yeah, massive, massively. So you could see the celebration after the try. It meant more to the players than just, you know, we've got another five-pointer, you know, which mm. I thought was really, really good. Um, but then the, the game as a whole, mate, like, I don't know where to go with it. It was great. Oh, it was unbelievable, but like, I think I think you were you were right. It felt like one of those games where if we actually have a a period of play where we've got the ball in our hands and we start putting some phases of play together, there was a little bit of disconnection in terms of the way the game was in terms of the way the game was playing. We had a couple of errors. Um, we didn't have all the dominance at set piece time, but we had most of it. Yeah, but then that second half. One of the best halves of rugby I've watched in a while, and obviously oh, the, cul- so good. The, the, the culmination of it at the end. Obviously, we lost Joe Marler for the first for the, in the first half for a yellow cards, but then we scored without him on the pitch at the start of the first half. So that was a pretty big big moment. Mm. I don't really remember too much from the game because it just all happened in so such. It just happened in such a big blur. Yeah, I just remember like, the back and forth. I remember key moments like Ben Botticas knock on over the line, which was exceptional. Oh god, one of, one of the highlights of the Botica. day for me. On on that note, Ben Botticas. Really lovely bloke. Not a terrible player at his time at Quinns. Just remembered, unfortunately, for that absolute howler he had in the final against Montpellier and kicking it away. And there's a couple of moments like that. But um, we did have a bit of fun cheering that, didn't we? And he had a smile yeah. on his face. But that was one I remembered clearly. The Marla yellow card, I think yeah. you struggled to get the perspective in the stadium because you couldn't really get the commentary of it and the timing yeah. of the whistle watching it back, it was ridiculous. What was what was Joe thinking? That was old school Joe Marler where he just yeah. didn't really have a filter. And I don't know if you've had time to watch it back yet, but as he was walking off, he put his hand up to the ref and goes, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't see that. If to I say, you're that. right, that is a yellow. You are right. So oh, that's quite cool. Send me on my yeah. way. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm knackered. I need 10 anyway. Why does Joe Marler always do something stupid and then get away with it for making it funny? Like against Cardiff where he kicked it away and marched us back 10 metres. He's such a character, isn't he? I, but I hope we don't see too much of that creeping into his game now. I think going away with England would be quite a good time for him to to hit reset and, and refocus himself on rugby because that's two in two weeks where he's done something a little bit silly. 
Um, I know he absolutely loves playing with this lot of, of, of Quinn's players because it's such fun and they have a laugh and a joke. But those two moments where he kicked the ball away against Cardiff and then that weird kind of stamp after the whistle against Castro is a little bit of a, a head loss moment for me. And I don't yeah, want to see bit. too much more of it, but... He'll probably play a very different role than they won't he? I'd exactly. Imagine That's why I think it's good timing. He'll probably reset yeah. his psychology a little bit and come back. And when he comes back, it'll be the run-in for the Premiership going back-to-back. He'll be hyper-focused, really yeah. motivated. Hopefully had a good Six Nations with England and he'll come back and it'll be the home the home run. Because I imagine it'll be Gens that takes most of the minutes at Loosehead during the Six Nations period. So Joe will probably play most of his minutes in the sort of last 15 20 but yeah yeah we haven't really spoken about england have we we've got not five, loads five lads in there joe's one of them Thomas is the other forward and then we've got three backs with marcus northmore and, and marchant uh, the the farrow not playing at 12 thing might open up a gap with him i'd imagine he'll probably go straight away with atkinson because without farrow i would think he probably wants a big heavy presence outside Marcus almost have a little bit of protection on him. Yeah. But I'd imagine I'd imagine if March's minutes come, it'll be from the wing. Um I can't see anyone else playing at 13 other than Slade, a bit of a Rolls Royce player. So yeah, I think I'd like I think to that think, would be um, the South Africa combination might get a, another run out where you had Slade at 12 and March at 13. But I, I think I'm more aligned with you where I think Eddie's picked Marchant for that roaming 14 role. Yeah. Unbelievable in the air, Joe Marchant, by the way. Under the high ball, he's, he's as good as Very anything. good. He really was very good on Friday athletic, night. Agile ball in hand. I can see him in that roaming 14 role, which has potentially damaged Lewis Liner's chances because I think maybe that's why he didn't get picked. Maybe fractionally. Um, good yeah, news is he's now yeah, got a point to prove. Yeah, I hadn't, really, the next few weeks. I, hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that much. And I think... You know, although we'd want to see, we, we, we always want to see our guys go away with England. We're going to see what I still believe is our best back three of Merley, Liner, and Green yeah, playing the next few weeks of rugby. Absolutely, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, Hugh Jones in the Scotland squad. So I'd imagine it will shape up with Andre at, t- at 12 and, and Jones at 13 as well for the next sort of period with Danny. And he's Tommaso. got a point to prove now. Massively, yeah. And he, and got, I mean, his, he yeah. got his first try against Castro. So he's, he's yeah. started. You started how he means to go on, which is great. I think you made the point to me a few weeks ago, actually, because I was saying, what happens at 6-8? I mean, at the minute, admittedly, I didn't think that Lou Northam would be going away. But you said, what happens if we lose a Hugh Jones? And you said, well, I don't think he, we will because I think they've got Chris Harris down as their man at 13, yeah, British Lion. Nice Lion. So I was, you know, two years ago, or how, what was it, a year ago, when we had Jones and, and Steele in the Six Nations squad. Steele's obviously had, you know, not the kick on the sort of year that he maybe was hoping for, but a bit hard with injury, uh, isn't he? Injury, a little bit hard with COVID, injury, yeah. Exactly. Cuts. So, and this is the perfect opportunity, isn't it, for those sort of guys that are going to now play minutes during the, during this sort of next block of rugby? Go and put your hand up. But yeah, it'll do be you remember when happens. we got? Sorry to interrupt, mate. Do you remember when we got Robshaw on the pod and he was saying mm-hmm. when we won the Premiership in 2012? Half of our team were pissed off. They weren't included in that England World Cup squad yeah. in 2011. I hope there's an element of that about it. I can see yeah. synergy there. Yeah, I think there's. But there's always. You no, know, we seem to. We seem to manufacture some of these storylines, don't we? Yeah. Um, one more player that I do want to talk about. I'm just looking at the background again, and I think the main talking point that we'll have to wrap up this sort of caster review is, is the try at the end. But mm. we spoke about earmarking players. For, the way that we want to see them in certain shirts. Luke Wallace getting a full 80-minute run at seven. You know, he's that mould, isn't he, of Wev, Kenner's, Wallace. They're, they're not dissimilar players, are they? You know, they're in that same mould. How much rugby do you think he's going to play over the next few weeks? Because if Kenner's isn't going to be fit, I'd imagine we'll have, you know, Lorde will probably go to eight. Yeah. Chisholm probably predominantly at six. Yeah, or Talani. Maybe, maybe, maybe Talani as well. Is Luke Wallace going to be our man at seven then for the next few weeks? Yes. Yes, he is. And I'm yeah. smiling because as you were saying that, there's one more man left on my list of notes to talk about. And that man is Luke Wallace. So that's <laughs> interesting. It's almost like we planned this. Um, <laughs> no, I thought he was brilliant in a, in a really um, under the radar kind of way. I think he was solid. He came in, he, he played well. Watching it live, I didn't notice him too much, but he's he's going to be a really important player for us, given the injury crisis we've got in that position. He knows he's the third choice, but he knows Quinn's through and through. He was there um, when we won it last year. He's been at the club for a very long time. 
Um, he's won Challenge Cups. He's captained us to an LV Cup win. He's going to be so important for us. He knows the DNA of the club. He's happy to go out there every week and, and play a different role. He's done water boy work. He did photography at big game. Yeah, Luke, he's a that. bit of a character, Luke Wallace, you know, but he goes about his his business in a really sort of unassuming way, really off the record. Um, quite difficult to read, but I thought he was great. I thought he turned like up, having not played much rugby, put in a really solid performance, and he's going to be so important for us. I want to see him back to his jackaling best. We've got Will Evans, nicknamed the Clamp, for getting over the ball with turnovers. We've got Jack Kenningham, nicknamed the Labrador, who's the fetcher, who goes and fetches the ball for us. <laughs> What's what's um what's Luke Wallace's nickname going to be? Because he's got to come up and and get a nickname on board with that seven hype now. Yeah, I don't know. That's something we will have to bash heads and think about. I'd like to go surfing though, Luke Wallace. I know he loves he loves the trip down to yeah, loves a trip down to the West Sussex beaches and go for nature for a, boy. Maybe that's it. We call him the nature boy. The, the, the nature boy. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be the it. nature boy. And I want Mike Bovel to announce him coming on the pitch as the <laughs> nature boy and give us a nice big woo. Yeah, that would be sick. If we may play, play, we'll play Rick Blair's with... entrance music. This is another point. Sorry, completely going off piece now. I'm ruining the anniversary episode. But one thing I would love to see, the, the Stoop playlist is horrendous. It needs to go. It needs to change. I don't know who manages that. It needs to change. But when one of our players scores, I'd love for their music to play. And when I say I their, their music... Have their own like, theme song. We've yeah. christened... Lewis Liner with the old um, just can't get enough. Lewis Liner. Every time yeah. he scores, get that playing. Limbs going up and down the crowd. Everybody singing. What an atmosphere that would be. Anytime Marcus Smith gets points. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's magic. Yeah, that was there's a few it. little plots going on with it. So, yeah. Luke Wallace. What's the thing about? And then the last one, mate. Joe Crippley, Alex Donbrand, Hatchick Hero. Um, Unlucky this guy. Now, he's unlucky because he scored two hat-tricks this season and hasn't got man of the match in either of those games. <laughs> Was he not playing the match? Taolani got man of the match. And then at big game, Andre got man of the match. I thought Dom has got star, Heineken star oh, of the match or whatever it was. Not really? All oh, right, I missed that. Yeah. Um, I don't think he cares. No, probably not. Let's talk, let's talk try. You know, we, we had a bit of a back and forth with a few people on Twitter Quinn's unlucky. Did rah, we? Rah, rah. I missed. Well, you must have been on that. You were sober, so you were the one dominating I was, that. I was very I was, much six or seven yeah. Guinnesses deep. Guinness. I was batting back a few sour grapes on Twitter saying that we, you know, got the run of the officials and oh, all the kind fantastic. of nonsense. So I was like, yeah. Oh, I love a bit of salt. Go on then. What, what, what was your view on the try? I didn't really have a view. All I saw on the big screen was what I thought was him getting it down. But I mean, yeah, try. Happy days. It was weird because obviously I'm in that south corner. And everyone was stood up. Like, it wasn't like a sit-down wave. Everyone was stood up. And I'm, like, one foot on the chair, like, waiting for the big celebration. Yeah, ready to go big. Do you remember, like, European finals when... Um, uh, who was it that scored that free kick in the Euros? Not, like, the Euros just gone one before. Trippier, that free kick. Oh, Trippier, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the World Cup. Like, so, like, the, the, the referee goes over, puts his hand the whistle, hands in the yeah. air, blows his whistle... And like a big crowd of lads about a few blocks away from me all sort of threw their beers in the air. I thought it was yeah, sick. It was limbs. so good. So, yeah. And also, you know, that, the, the atmosphere and the and theatrics of it. Yeah. Um, I loved but, how Dom has just thought, you know what? The best option here is just to tap. And he did it two or three times. It was proper yeah. old school kind of year nine, ten rugby. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Give it the biggest lad, let him tap and run. <laughs> yeah, One thing bit. I would say is where the bloody hell were the rest of them? Where's Where are the big lads? Not latching on, but hitting him in when he's made the contact and driving him over. Because yeah. if he was if he was that close by himself, where are the rest of our boys driving him over and getting him over by a good meter and, and removing any doubt? It was strange, wasn't it? Because the, the penalties that we've got were all quite close to the sticks, and because you haven't got a massive angle to try and actually kick it, kick it and such and take a line out, yeah, we just kept tapping and going. But I thought again, like it sort of built the theatrics of it because it was like right, the ball's in play. It's yeah, I think I remember um. I can't remember where I've seen it. A while ago, I think Marcus was talking about a drill that he used to do with Jamie Roberts, where yeah, the right drill was called. Well, yeah, the drill was called the the man that f up drill, where you just yeah. out it's one bloke against another bloke five meters out. Yeah, run at me, I've got to keep him out. It was a bit like that. So yeah, yeah it was I with mean, it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, to be to be fair, I think they should have had a yellow card at some point because they gave away about five <laughs> penalties down in that twenty two, yeah. and a yellow never came, and that might have made it. a a more concrete try if, if we were only playing against 14. But we'll take that. And uh, I guess that's absolutely. a good place to leave, Castro, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. However, 
we're now leaving Castra and the pool stage is in the rearview mirror. And the next leg of our European journey has been announced. Come on. We know where we're off. We know where we're off. See where are we headed, mate? We're off to Montpellier. <laughs> I can see the smile on your face. So I'm buzzing. Already. You can probably hear the smile listening to this. I'm buzzing. I've always wanted a French away day out of this. Um, I was hoping for Claremont, not going to lie. But Montpellier should be a little bit warmer. It'll be a great contest. Um, we've had a few battles with Montpellier over the years, haven't we? Most notably the Challenge Cup defeat in 2016. Two legs, I fancy doing them. We've got them away first up. And then as runners-up of our group, we get the advantage of finishing the tie at home against Montpellier in the second leg. How do you see it panning out? Excited? Doing your away day? So, I mean, A, excited, yeah, because it means that, you know, it's just exciting going further in a European competition, playing some mm. big sides. I know you were buzzing for the Stade Michel, Marsalam, or whatever it is in Claremont, but yeah. yeah, Montpellier looks sweet, doesn't it? A little sort of early April on the beach. European nice, easy South- flight straight nice into the easy, city centre. Nice, easy flight south of France. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be one I, I 100% want to do. I need to be, you know, on it at work, get all my ducks in order, get everything sorted, yeah. get the flights and everything booked early enough. So I can Have you looked at the stadium? Yeah. yeah, it looks really sort stadium of like, is beautiful. It looks, it, it reminds me of those like ones you saw, and it probably was in the um, like 2007 World Cup in France, or the slightly enclosed yeah. stadiums, glorious yeah. greens, like glorious green pitches. It was cool, wasn't sun. it? It looks like a cool place to be. And obviously, yeah, like you said, for those of you that didn't go to Castro, there's no flying into Toulouse, then an hour and a half trains across in a tiny mm. little French town. We're by the beach, baby. <laughs> so good. The other thing is looking at the potential running now. We've got a little map planned out now that we're out of the group stages. You can start to plot out our journey to Marseille in the final on the 28th of May. So if we get past Montpellier, which I'm fairly confident of doing, looking at some of the other ties that are titanic there's some awful savage ties isn't there ulster v to lose it's, it's gonna be feel a bit sorry for the, feel a bit sorry for the bristol lads that have got a truck up for a sale for a european weekend oh, I'd be gutted what, a horrible, that, what a horrible time that would be you'd be gutted but actually i'm fairly happy with our draw looking at some of the other clashes going on but we we can start to plot out our journey now do a job on montpellier and we've got la rochelle at home last year's finalist that's monumental that, that is massive. absolutely massive but that if you want to get far in this competition you've got to beat the best teams um, having them at home as we say is really important um, looking at how they did away at Glasgow it wasn't easy for them they got a few breakaway tries having them at the street would be brilliant it would be a real advantage for us then you've likely got rassing away from the way I would perceive those ties to go at their swanky new stadium in Paris with 4G pitches, indoors, big screens. That'd be a cool kind of away day. Something a bit different. Not one for the purists, one for the modern modern rugby fans. And then final time would be Marseille. So we've got a pretty French lineup, in my view. Yeah, got to go. I mean, it's definitely going to be keeping an eye on Montpellier's and how they're tracking in the next few weeks to the um the top fourteen. That's going to be something to keep an eye on, isn't it? See how they're getting on. Yeah, sure, man. Let's briefly talk about Bath for next week because then we've got a couple of quite cool things to do at the end. So Exciting. I'm off to I'm off to Bath on Friday night. Bit of selection chat then. No England lads, who's in? Should we briefly rattle off one to fifteen? I think we're probably in agreement in most places in terms of who's gonna play. Yeah, it'll be Santi Garcia Botter at one, it'll be Jack Walker at two, Will Collier at three. Um, second row. You got a good video of Steph walking around in a fairly hefty knee brace, which yeah. probably rules him out for a little while. I We didn't talk about it, but I thought the engine room of, of Tizard and, and Dino went really, really well against Castro. Yep. So I wouldn't mind seeing them again, but you've also I got th- Simo who you can come back and, and play. So they would be my three. Um, I think... Pick um, one on the bench, I don't mind. I think Dino and uh, Dino and Tiz will get another crack. I don't know the exact fitness update of Matt Simons, but I know the yeah. rest this week. So I'd imagine... It'll be you know, those three on rotation, one on the bench somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I think Lorde will come back at eight after his rest and then you'll yep. have Wallace at seven again and then take your pick out of Taolani or Chiz. I'd like to yep. think Chiz because he's got a bit more experience in the Prem. Um, first game without your internationals, you want as much experience as you can get. Yeah. Nine and 10, Danny and Tommy. 12 and 13, Andre and Hugh Jones. And then our back three is the, as it has been all season. So I actually think we're in a really yeah, strong yep. position. Who's going to wear the armband then? Uh, hoo-hoo, what a question. 
What's the question? I wouldn't mind seeing Danny get it. I think it'll be Danny winning. He's done it? a season in that role. Um, yeah. He's going to be the man that, that drives the team and leads us through this period. And I think Mez will give him the armband to go with it. Yeah, I think. And then Chisholm will be in the conversation for the armband caps at sea. Um, Tommy Lorde probably not far off either. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, Archie White, Archie White has been captain in some of those Premiership Cup games. I think he might get a run off the bench in some of these yeah, games, and it's going to be see that. going to be going to be a big time for him. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're fairly we're fairly you know structured. And I think you're, you're right. I don't know how much release back to England, release back from England, are they'll be in terms of Luke Northmore coming back potentially March, and maybe not if he's involved. Yeah, I can only see like. Northmore coming back to us, to be honest. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Now, to wrap up, we have, or I have, been chatting away to a few people this week, trying to get some, just some sort of general feeling. Obviously, you know, those of you that were in the stoop on Friday night heard that Mike Bovell gave us a lovely shout out on the tannoy. Um, I actually didn't know that was happening. I was just sort of no, sat I in my chair. Know. I was just sort of sat in my chair, quietly eating away at my at my Cornish pasty and my can of water. Um, and I heard I was sat in my house, sat in my housemates, and it popped up on the tannoy, and I was like, oh, that's quite cool. That was cool. So. It? It is the one-year anniversary. Um, we've got a few people that uh, we've reached out to. I tried to whittle it down off to. We had a brilliant introduction from Mike Bovell at the start of the episode. I've got a few questions then, and I'm going to hand over to them one by one. Questions? This is exciting. Well, there's a, uh, just a couple of thoughts, a couple of feelings, and a question or two, okay? Okay. The first the first is our good friend, Berge. Hello, this is Berge. I have three rapid-fire questions for Will. Number one, which current Quinns player should be the next James Bond? Bej, good to hear from you, mate. Bej and his little son, you and uh, are big fans of the mighty Quinns. We've bumped into them a few times at the ground, but more notably at the final where we were as high and, and giddy as anything off the back of that result. And I remember Mike screaming at Bej's son, you and saying, never forget this day. Never forget <laughs> it. Never forget it. Anyway, great question. The next James Bond, if he were to be a Quinns player, I would say Danny Kerr would love the role. And he'd fully yes, commit he to would, it. wouldn't he? And I think he'd be brilliant. He I think Andre fits the character perfectly of kind of a bit of an assassin. Um, but I'm going to go with Danny. Danny Kerr, the next James Bond. He would absolutely love that, wouldn't he? <laughs> Number two, if we had to change the music that the boys ran out to at the beginning of the first half or beginning of the second half, what do you think we should change that music to? So what's your song of choice? Oh, I love this one because we've talked about this a lot, haven't we? And we, we've had a few different jingles for the podcast and there's loads of Quincy songs that I love. And I saw a video of a, a college football game, American football, not long ago. And they ran out to enter Sandman by Metallica. And the whole crowd was jumping up and down in time with the beat. And it just looked incredible. So for that reason, I would go for Enter Sandman based off the fact of crowd participation and the energy it will bring to the boys when they come running out. And question number three, which current Quinns player would you like to be? If you could go out there on the stoop and just be one of those players for the day, who would you most like to be? Now, actually, maybe we could rephrase this question and make it, Will, would you like to be Andre Esterhausen or would you like to play with Andre Esterhausen? And when I say play with him, I, of course, mean in a rugby sense. Over to you, Will. <laughs> Great question. Um, and thank you for the clarification on Andre and, and playing with him in a rugby <laughs> sense. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> I believe it or not, I wouldn't choose Andre. I'd love to play with him in a rugby sense. <laughs> um, I'd go for Marcus because the kid's magic. He has had so many match-winning moments. Think about London Irish last season, Wasps at home last season, the kick against Exeter this year, the kick against Cardiff this year. And I, I don't know, I just feel like I'd love the limelight. I'd love to have that sort of euphoria and ecstasy, having having done something to have won my team the game. So I'd all, I'd always go for Marcus Smith because it'd be good to, I was about to say, it'd be good to play inside Andre. But Berge has already set the tone here <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with, the, with, with the awful innuendo. So I wouldn't want to play inside Andre. I'd, I'd oh, play, God, this is going to be so poor. <laughs> Okay, we've lowered the tone of the pod. We have massively. Well, we'll move on to the next one. But yeah, just as a quick shout out to Berge. Um, he's been amazing for us. Just super nice guy. Lovely son. 
loves you know what we do. We have loads of good chat on Twitter. Plus, we have other bit of comms with him sort of here and there for a bit of teaching support as well, which is um, which is really really well received. So yeah, thank you to Bez. Who is next, William? Is my question. The next person we have, I think, is a voice that some, well, most Quince fans will probably um, recognise already. If this is who I think it is, then it's going to be the longest voice note ever. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, boys. It's your podcast third wheel, Dave Rogers here. And I'm on my way to the stoop. It's Friday. We've got the big one against Castre. And Castre? Sound like Doma Castagnette or Eddie Butler, whichever your favourite French overpronouncer is. Uh, either way, I'm on my way to the stoop. Hopefully, uh, we'll get to hang out. But I wanted to put it on record uh, congratulating you for 12 months. I also wanted to say what a great job you do. And uh, hopefully, I'll get to be a part of it again at some point. I do, however, have a quiz for you. Would you rather have Dino Lamb's arms or Wilco Lowe's legs? Oh, and it is. It's our good friend Dave Rogers. Dave, good to hear from you. Thanks for the voice note, mate. I'm not sure Wilco Lowe's legs would suit me. I was uh, having the same thought as well. I don't think it's 6'6". Six, six. I've, uh, I've got the physical attributes for tree trunk thighs. So I'm, um, I think I know the, your answer to this anyway. You rate your pipes as well. You, you yeah, I've already got June. bigger arms than Dino Lamb. So I don't oh, think get I need a them. grip. Get a grip. <laughs> I think... Imagine me running down 13 channel with Wilco Lowe's legs. I think I'll go for his pins. <laughs> I'm going Wilco Lowe. Who are you going for? Oh, I'd take, well, I'd take, I'd take Dina Lamb's arms instead of my pipe cleaners. <laughs> You'd take anything, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Who's more likely to go back to back? Premier 15's champions, Harlequins women, or Premiership champions, Harlequins men? Good luck. Speak to you soon. Well done again. Looking forward to the next app and the app after that and the app after that. Good stuff. Oh, that's a horrible one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I don't like that one. Really shot me there. Um, at the start of the season, I would have said Harlequin's women, more likely to go back to back. However, picked up a few more defeats than we'd have liked along the way this season. And our men's side are going much better than I expected. So I'd say more likely to go back to back. On where we are currently at this moment in time, end of january i'd probably say our men's side yeah i think you I'd prob- well i don't want to agree or disagree too too quickly because the next um, person that's going to come and speak to us is our good friend of the pod england red roses superstar and harlequin superstar sarah beckett oh. so i will reserve judgment <laughs> sarah. okay yeah we're both going back to back anyway so it doesn't matter oh of course. Hey, Michael and Will, a massive congrats on the one-year anniversary of the pod. It's been great to see how it's grown over the last year and I hope everything's going well and continues to. Um, just reflecting on the moments from the last year since the pod's been going um, and picking out a favourite, my personal favourite is definitely when that final whistle went in the Premier 15's final and we became champions and the night following that. Um, hopefully there'll be more of these to come but what has been your favourite moment of this year as you've begun following the women's team more closely as always thank you so much for your support it means a lot to the girls and I hope the next year goes well and if not better than the last one has have a good one Sarah Beckett hope you're listening Um, first of all thought you were awesome the other week against Exeter not the result we wanted but I thought you had a brilliant performance so congratulations on that brilliant question Um, I've had a few good moments with with Harlequins women this year. I loved watching the final at Twickenham with you all. That was good fun. That was quite a nice moment for Michael and I having dipped our toe in women's rugby a bit this season for the first time and, and to be able to spend the final with you all was was so much fun. Um, Langy's kick in the final, which was as hard as they come, I think, and she managed to nail it. That was the moment to me that felt like we, we were going to do it. And then I'd say big game. Um, getting in early for big game, which is not something I've done in the past and, and watching that one and, and us running away with it in the second half and, and having a competitive female game at Twickenham at big game was, was awesome. So really enjoyed that day, really enjoyed all of those moments there. And I'm looking forward to, to many more um, and hopefully get a huge traveling away day for a semi-final if we end up finishing third or fourth in the league. So I'd love to do a, a Quinn's women's away day. Um, yeah. So Third or fourth, don't care. First or second, even better. Let's get in playoffs. Let's go there and do a job. I think the moment I have in my head as the most iconic 
is Rachel Bertha being carried onto the pitch with her crutches in the air <laughs> yeah. after the final whistle. Um, that yeah, is quite iconic, brilliant. isn't it? I've loved, I've loved getting behind them this in the last sort of year or so. I've got so into it this year. I love going to watch them. Whenever they're playing at home and I can make it, I always get down there. Um, it's class. And also between me and Bex, we've got a little um, country music sort of, you know, mutual interest going on. So whenever <laughs> Born I, from the I, podcast, I, by the way. I know, exactly. I'd love having I, them all on the pod. Did you see Sean oh, was on been, Question of Sport as well? Yeah, Sean was on Question of Sport, Birth doing this, that and everything. Birth doing bits, um, always. Always doing bits. Izzy and Jess, obviously, as well. Um, and yeah, whenever I find a... Uh, I actually follow a new TikTok account called Country Music Bangers. It's like little snippets <laughs> of like old school ones. And I hey, open, I open, are you sure I you don't set, want me to edit that out? I can I cut open, that out if you want me to. No, no, no. Guilty as charged. I often, send, <laughs> I, I often send them to Becky and get her opinions on them. So yeah, we do a little bit of that. No, she did great. Great stuff. And yeah, been um, been good fun. Well, mate, that was a, a nice way of finishing. Um, I loved talking, it. Talking to a few people, getting some chat, a few questions. It's been a year... I don't quite know how. No, um, know we're, how. We're, still, we still haven't updated any technology. We're still sat here on Zoom with microphones that are sort of hanging, <laughs> hanging on. But we're, um, we've got some plans in place. Um, I was actually out last night um, having a couple of drinks, talking about the fact that I still haven't got my tattoo. So that'll be mm. may, maybe the one-year birthday present. Um, it's been a great year. I appreciate you dropping me a message, what, 12 months and about two weeks ago saying, yeah. I'm bored. There's nothing to do. Everyone's do locked down. Do? Everyone's locked down. It's it's cold. It's miserable. I'm drinking a beer at home and percolating an idea. Do you want to do a podcast? I've gone, yeah, gone. Why not? Yeah, and here we are. And here we later. are. Here we are. We've had some good moments. Premiership final, probably the probably the highlight. We'll have to get that. We'll have to get that frame when we get the shirts framed, get those photos framed. What a photo. Oh, I can't wait, mate. I can't wait. Double champions of England. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it this time a year ago? How far we've come and got a, a nice little French away day in there squeezed in too, which is exactly what I love. So hopefully looking forward to more of them. Hopefully looking forward to more silverware. It's been good fun. Can't wait to see out the rest of the season and, and see where this takes us. But thank you to everybody that's listened to us over the last 12 months. We wouldn't have done it if, if you weren't listening. So we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And uh, roll on Bath at the weekend. Come on! Here.